Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Are you looking for relentless performance for your firearms? If so, Riptide Armory is the ultimate destination for superior gun cleaning and protection. Riptide Armory offers American-made, innovative products out of Arvada, Colorado. Whether it's the delicate finish of a collectible or the rugged exterior of a tactical weapon, you can clean without risk of damage. Visit RiptideArmory.com and discover the difference true quality can make for your firearms. Riptide Armory, a veteran-founded business. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to another episode of the Element Podcast. How do I normally say this? (laughs) What's happening, all my woods people? Today, we are not in a vehicle. We are, well, technically, we're not at the mouse house either, right? Technically, we are in an adjoining structure to the mouse house. It's been a minute since I've been here, dude. <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't know, maybe I'm a bad guest, but I feel like you haven't invited me over in a while. Well, I had to invite myself for I this one. I feel like um, I sometimes feel bad that you have to drive all the way out here, and uh, probably since about mid-September, we've been flying around like crazy people and doing podcasts on the road and all that kind of stuff. So, That's true. So, uh, you know, the summertime, like, chill time, yeah. we do a lot of stuff around I here. like coming out here because there's actually decent food because y'all got That's a good. kitchen. Thanks, yeah. I don't have a kitchen, so <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, not any uh, yeah. good food in my house. I was eating, like, a red velvet chocolate bar that I got for Chris- Christmas mm. on the way over here. Man. I, like, I should probably stop eating this. <laughs> I didn't even eat half of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's so. all right, dude. You just... Uh, Getting ready to buy some of that XL stuff for next season. <laughs> dude, dude, that's for real. I can't. I hadn't run in so long. Uh, I, I was, haven't either, but I lifted a little bit this morning, so yeah. I'm kind of trying to get Dang, dude. back in. Dude, I'm probably like, I'm telling you, man, those uh, midday fast food trips, hunting, yeah. get to you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I've been thinking about like, I just turned 30. Yeah. All right? Life's different. Yeah. Dude, it's it's going to get a lot harder for me to cut this weight when the summertime comes. You know, because yeah. right now i kind of been on that pattern for the last 10 years of, like, gain a little bit in the winter, get pretty skinny in the summer, and it just all evens out. Also, probably not very healthy for your cholesterol and all that stuff. I have never got that stuff checked, so yeah. I'm not just going to just let that ride. Is that something, like, do we need to be doing that? You do. You're older than I am. Dad, come on. We're the same age. Oh, we are for about another... What, 17 days? Oh, 17 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, 
all that aside, <laughs> today we are coming to you guys and girls just thankful that all you guys listen to us and stay active with us, just supporting things like wildlife conservation, public land access, respectful hunting and consumption, and all the crazy things that you and I do, right? That's right, man. Happy 100th episode, Tyler. Yeah, I know, dude. 100 episodes, dude. You know, we, we didn't even talk about like the one-year anniversary, I don't think, did we? Like, I think we, we just breezed right over it because we're yeah, busy. Yeah. And yeah. now we're like basically at two years, 100 episodes, mm-hmm. which we missed like a week or two throughout the last two years somewhere. So we're really actually like right at almost two years coming up yep. real quick here. Yeah. So pretty exciting, man. Exciting yeah. times. I, I like it, man. I, I can't <clears> wait <throat> to do at least another 100 more or more. I know, dude. You know? A thousand more. <sighs> man, that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. How old are we going to be when it... So that's... Oh, oh man. <coughs> 30. Yeah. 30 forever. For the next 17 years. <laughs> Hashtag 30 forever on all the element posts <laughs> from here right. now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So in retrospect... Casey and I today are going to spend the day talking about just memorable moments, whether they're cool or odd or fun or whatever, over the last hundred episodes, and technically over the last, like, friendship, I guess you'd say, you know, like, since we uh, started kind of thinking, man, we should probably, like, we talk so much about so many things, like, we should probably record this stuff so we remember what we're talking about, and uh, that's kind of the the, uh, gist of this episode, episode, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty so. much, and uh, just kind of a <clears throat> celebration of, like, support from everyone, mm-hmm. and just, I don't want y'all to take this as, a like, just another way for us to plug the Element Podcast, you know, but, like, I want you to know that we're grateful for for your uh, listenership, mm-hmm. and for your support, and for your encouragement, because, man, <laughs> I know there's, it's kind of a common thing to claim to be, like, the regular folks, but, dude, you and I really are regular folks like money issues and mm. you know just married men who have families to take care of and all this and that and sometimes especially in the last probably month I've been really run down tired and like put through the ringer with some stuff and uh <clears throat> having support of uh listeners to sometimes reach out and give you encouragement man it 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 feels good. Yeah, we had some cool messages lately. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like one in particular that, like, I was like, "Dang!" I know, man. That's cool, man. I just, I'd really, I appreciate that as much as you do, I'm sure. And um, and it has been a hard, like, a long, hard season. Uh, which I mean, I think like when you hunt as much as we do, it always gets to the point where like you're getting pretty tired, you mm-hmm. know, and, and everything starts to bother you more than what it normally would. Um, but then when you stack that with like very little actual deer on the ground, you know, it's, uh, it can be pretty, you know, I was thinking about that this morning because I was like, man, this deer season has worn me down and I'm going to be so sad in a couple of days when oh, it's yeah. over, me you know, too. cause it's like, what, what's going to fill that void in my earthly life at this point? Nothing you know? until like. March when you can start fishing again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be tough. You're just going to eat and lift weights. <laughs> Try to g- gains, bro. Gains. You know it. You know it. <laughs> yeah, beans, so. beans and cornbread. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's it. I just, uh, I, I left the cornbread out, but the beans were good, dude. Yeah, thanks. Some chiles in there. Some chiles, yep. Um, real quick before we get too far into this, um, just want to remind everybody that we are doing a push for a thousand YouTube subscribers. We're almost there. And when we get there, we're giving away four 
premium memberships, annual memberships for Onyx Maps. So you have a pretty good chance if you can be one of those subscribers on YouTube. All you got to do is go to your app, pull it up, go to the Element Podcast channel, and subscribe. It's a great time to get an annual membership right now, honestly, because you can start map scouting for the whole year, and then you'll have the Onyx membership for the whole season. Yeah. You know? like if If you, like, start it in mid-October then you like then you're map scouting for like stuff you don't have the onyx membership for the next year right you know yeah I mean? yeah no doubt dude <clears throat> it is a good time to start but uh i'm thinking like after you use this thing you're gonna be like yeah it's worth some money so. it's worth more than what they're asking <laughs> for it so yeah but uh anyway let's take the listener back to the beginning the beginning. The beginning. The genesis of the element. Dang, I like it, dude. Ooh, dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> Tyler was seeking friends via the internet. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> oh, we've talked about this before, no. but um, you and I actually kind of, uh, I guess, um, kicked off our friendship. Like, we like had hung out one time and went fishing uh, here locally for a day and had a lot of fun if I remember right that was the good trip right we've yeah. done two trips to that place and one of them wasn't good yeah um but that was a good trip and uh then we decided hey we both like to fly fish a lot let's go somewhere and we ended up going to a place that I'd never thought about and which I'm, earlier you were talking to me about um not doing like quick turnaround trips as much uh-huh. and like spending the, the extra day or whatever yeah. extra night this was not one of those trips. Like this was a trip that we, like I've never done a trip that was harder in a, such a short span. I don't think. Oh yeah, that was that was about as like full throttle as you can get on mm-hmm. like getting a trip done. Like we drove you you drove the whole way, um, and back. Like it was like a fourteen hour drive, right? 15, fifteen hour mm-hmm. drive, and you did that. We fished one full day. Is that right? Uh, two. Two full days. Yeah. yeah. Two days of driving, two days of fishing. Mm. <laughs> Fun stuff. But that was a that was a cool trip, man. Arizona. Man. I don't think we... I don't Did think we not I say should, where it was? I didn't let you get to that part, I don't Sorry. think. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Black so, River. Black River. White Mountains. White Mountains of Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Apache National Forest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's... And, you know, that's where the big, big elk are. And we didn't see a single big elk. No, we saw a pretty good one. Did we? Yeah. We saw a pretty good velvet bull. I don't remember that. It was like on the way out, um, kind of near where we saw that black bear, back and to the right, kind of a little open. Did spot. I not see him very good? Maybe, maybe not. I don't remember. I think maybe not. I but can't you remember. did find an elk shed. I did. That's cool. This is my one and only elk shed. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to change that. But. Wild fly fishing, like close to the bank, which you would think like somebody would have picked that up. But. Yeah, also high. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that it, there'd be an elk up there shedding an antler at, I don't know, what were we at? Like, 8,500 feet? Yeah, so maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't remember much about that trip. Yeah. I need to go watch that video <laughs> Go watch the again. video. What's it called? It's uh, Black, Black and, and White, white yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That was like one of our first videos to do together. Black and White, right? It's not Black yeah, and Black White. Yeah, Black and White. That's right. Black River in the White Mountains. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. funny. Getting fancy. But <laughs> the cool part about that trip really is um, the way on the way home, like the conversations that we had about like what – like the future of our friendship kind of looked like and what what we were going to do. And we decided that we wanted to do a podcast. And that mm. was kind of your, 
your thing, right? I had never really thought about that. It's something you'd had on your mind for a while. Yeah, I had for a while. Like, before I ever started this podcast, there was like a year and a half of thinking about how to do this. And I wish you to hit me up then. Yeah, I know. We would, <laughs> but oh, we would be such idiots back then. <laughs> Dude. Oh, what's new? Like, I'm glad, I'm glad that I didn't record myself back then because yeah. it's bad enough right now. Do you have any of those? Okay, so yeah. on that trip, we uh, decided that we were going to do a podcast. We also like talked about how like I wasn't that much of a whitetail hunter at that point in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, man, I just like to elk hunt. And then like it took me all of like, what, four months to just be all eat up with it again. Yeah. I just kind of took a sabbatical because 2013 was a tough, tough season for me, but uh, also a very enjoyable season. But anyways, we recorded some practice episodes mm-hmm. that shall not see the light of day for quite a while, no, I doubt. No, <laughs> no, no, we were so dumb. <laughs> we didn't have a clue what we were doing, which we still kind of don't, but no. we... Hey, at really least didn't. you knew like what audio equipment was. I didn't have a clue. I was like, I'm glad I can do this on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. yeah, that was in... in we, from there, we took to the woods that fall. You shot an elk? That was 2016. Yeah, I shot an elk. That shot season. an elk. And then uh, you and I, I followed you around. I had never really done much um, public deer hunting at that point and wanted to give it a try. And you had quite a bit of experience, especially in 2013. Mm-hmm. So um, I started following you around just trying to learn the ropes because I hadn't really even hunted uh, in you know, North Texas, East Texas, whatever. I hadn't hunted anywhere but West and South Texas really at all. And so like, I didn't, it's crazy because I I look at it now and I'm like, I can see a deer trail now that I used to couldn't see Mm -hmm. because I was always looking for the trails that I had actually seen before Mm -hmm. that looked like trails, you know, and it doesn't look like that out in, in North and East Texas. And so, um, just I got to ride and learn the ropes from you, and I had to buy the old public hunting permit just to film you <laughs> the whole year. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I learned a lot, man. We had a, we had so much fun uh, doing that, and then that uh, postseason we did a ton of scouting. And I just like I look back on that, I, man. It's so, so there was so much fun, man. I remember that year because that season of scouting, we like really were like hyped up about buck betting. Yeah, like yeah. because we got like had listened to a lot of those like Midwestern whitetail guys talk about it, and mm. we were like looking for buck beds, and we found some stuff, but we kind of came to some conclusions of how like it's kind of areas yeah. right here that that, that and that's kind of I guess kind of our morphosis of like uh, coming into our own about like our opinions on deer hunting kind of started, you know, like I mean you probably were there with different stuff, but like regionality is a deal with mm. whitetails. You know, like it, it just because it works for some dude who has fence rows, wood lots, and ag fields doesn't mean it works, you know, in the bottomlands of Texas or right, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, but I just like reminiscent about those days, some of the like cold days in January, we were stomping around and like when you're really getting after it and walking several miles, um, it's nice when it's like 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was just, I was thinking about some of those cold days we were out there, man. It's just, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how, like, when we finally started this podcast, we thought, like, we had to be experts. Like, we, <laughs> we were like, we have to kind of at least have an idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, we can't. So we were trying to learn as much as we could. 
And I think that like now we know we can just be dumb and people will like us because we make them feel smart, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> some people will like us. <laughs> yeah, some people. Yeah, the rest yeah. of them will listen to uh, other other podcasts, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, one thing I remember um, <laughs> as being like early on, do you remember when we decided we were going to float a river and? Uh, in the afternoon and mm-hmm. like come dark we were like hey uh cassie can you pick us up i remember that <laughs> man that was uh and that was really like we've balanced out more since then but that was back in the day when i was like super optimistic like overly optimistic like when i didn't need to be about like oh we can do it you know <laughs> yeah. and we did it it just was uh, it was not i mean we we didn't even really accomplish what we wanted to do that day because it was mostly a whitetail trip, and we did yeah. very little white. I did find a sweet deadhead, though. The coolest deadhead, dude. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was neat. It was, cool it was like stuck in the in the river bottom. Yeah. We need to post that picture again. I feel like a lot of people would have missed that because it was posted so long ago. <laughs> but it was, it's a cool picture. And there, right? there's a PLC from that, I think, right? I think there is, yeah. yeah. Back there. Man, that's a long time ago. Wow. That was like one of the first PLCs, probably. Probably so. That might have been the first one. Anyway... Looking looking back at like the beginning of the podcast when we finally started getting into it, we did a few of these first podcasts together to try to get the hang of things. And then we thought, okay, well, since we're not experts, we need to bring an expert in to talk about something. And the first guest we had, oh my, Whit Fosberg, who is an expert in all regards. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Don't mind me, guys. Just one of the uh, greatest voices in conservation in Washington, D.C. out there, <laughs> yep. you know, that... How were we that lucky? Do and, you remember how scared we were? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I, we were sitting on your couch. I'd just probably been mudding or painting your garage or yeah. something. And you're like, hey, uh, I talked to um, this lady who ended up being Kristen, who is like one of our besties. One of our bros. Yeah. She uh, <laughs> hooked us up with the president of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. And I was like... <laughs> okay. Can we not talk to him? Actually, <laughs> can you give us a couple months? Yeah, yeah. Are you getting but, interns or anything? I don't know, dude. But that was like a really great thing for us because, yeah. like, Witt's such a pro and he's so mm-hmm. good at interviews that, like, it's almost like he kind of taught us how to do this a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. Yeah, it made it. He makes it easy um, because some sometimes you get. I mean, there there are guests that you'll have. Um, I think everybody that podcasts knows this. Like. They're super pro. They're very good at what they do, mm-hmm. but podcasting is not what they do. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you try to ask them questions, they don't know how to elaborate mm-hmm. very well sometimes maybe. And so, but Wid is not like that. And I I just remember the biggest issue, the thing I was scared about and on the edge of my seat the whole time was just the audio because we had never really, like we had done a couple of test runs, but we just didn't know how the audio was going to mm-hmm. work out. And it's, it's very... If you haven't ever done it, like putting it all together is kind of a, a hard interesting A lot of chords thing. and connections and junctions. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you know what was cool about uh, Wit, and now I found this out through the years of, you know, being his friend. Um, I hope he's okay with this because we call him his friends. We're friends. At least he's your friend. You may not be uh, his friend. Yeah. But um, uh, anyways, like Wit, you have people who are gamers, and Wit isn't a gamer. Like, we've interviewed some guests who like are kind of like yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. and then whenever we press record it's like man they were good mm-hmm. like wit is good on the podcast and off the podcast yeah. like as a person talking to him having conversation the dude's the real deal yeah you know? yeah i remember he was asking me like some pretty personal questions and i was like 
I didn't know that he knew that yeah, about me. Yeah, he asked you about playing ball at SMU or yeah, something. So yeah. Like, I did his like, homework. Dang, dude. Yeah. It's cool. So, anyway, I remember, one thing I remember from those, like, early episodes was, like, how much fun we had hanging out, eating elk in the RV. <laughs> That's a good day. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yes. shooting, man, podcasting in the RV, yeah. like, late at night, man. Like, Getting yelled at by my wife at midnight to go home. <laughs> yeah. Y'all go home. Uh, like, I don't know. Sometimes I just seem like it, it just seems like those were the good old days, which I guess like right now we're kind of doing exactly what we were, we were doing back yeah. then. But like, it just seems like there was a little less on our plates at the time mm-hmm. and like that we could just enjoy like hanging out and growing it up, doing hunting stuff. And yeah. Now it's a little more like almost like trying to justify Every time we do one of these, it's like, how do you justify this as being a good use of time as compared to, like, all the million other things we've got as responsibilities mm-hmm. right now? I don't know. It just feels weird sometimes that when I look back, and I think it probably always feels this way, like, you always look back and go, those are the good old days. But maybe they're just all good old days, and when you're living in the season, it's, like, type two fun or whatever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> maybe so. Um, that's just something I remember, like... I remember also, like, right around this, that time was when I first found, like, my first target buck on public. Mm, yeah. Major. It was. Who still out there running around? That's Two right. Two years later. <laughs> Two years later, he's still out there, on, and I've never seen him on the hoof. Yeah. Which makes me sad. Man. I don't know if I'd rather see him on the hoof and him not getting quite within bow range, or if I'd rather just, like, had this mystery still. Yeah. As long as you know he's alive, I think the mystery's cool. Yeah. Like, I would... I don't know he's alive right now, I actually. Mean, well, yeah, it's true. Cards getting stolen out of our mm-hmm. stupid... Gotta love that public land game. <laughs> but, I mean, last year, I saw Leader on the hoof and couldn't get a shot, and that was, like, really terrible. Yeah, so, I was with you. Yeah. yeah. That was really terrible. It was not good. It we did were, not feel good. We were grunting him <laughs> as hard as we could trying to get him in, and we just he just didn't want it. Uh-uh. Uh, but... Yeah, but he's still alive, right? I think that's him. I think it is too. There's almost no doubt. There's a but there's a front view that doesn't look like him. Really, it's the same buck. Well, his side view looks just uh, it looks like just him. like him. Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, it's got to be. It's like he got narrower. Really, it's strange. Is he legal? Yeah, he's legal. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, somewhere like between the wit talk, somewhere after the wit talk, we actually went to Iowa. I remember that. Yeah. And we were like... Speaking of a bombing trip. Yeah. That was... It was awesome. Um, it was very cold. We've talked about it, you know. Uh, we actually did a PLC from that trip that's like one of our most viewed PLCs Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I just remember... I guess we might have been... Like, I might have been naive to think that I was going to actually draw that tag. But I don't know... But this year, I still haven't. I didn't draw it this year either. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I I have to draw it next year, I think. But we we now we're like sitting on like two years of knowledge that I don't know if it's even relevant anymore or not. I I think that going up there, I'm almost well. It'll when you draw the tag and go up there and hunt, it'll tell if this is true or not. But it's <clears> almost like having two years to mull over what we went up there and saw. And to like bounce other hunts that we've done in other places off of that, I think it's going to help a lot. Oh, I think so too. You know, yeah. it, it might be nice to have the MRI too, like, you know, to go this year or something. I don't know. Right. But like, um, I feel like we went up there still a little naive 
to hunting that area of the country uh-huh. and through like getting to interview people and just doing the podcast, we've learned a lot more about th- that type of hunting. Right. You know? Yeah, it's true, man. I don't know. I, I, can, I can tell you this, two years of waiting on like of extra waiting, I guess I feel like mm-hmm. has made me like super jacked. About <sighs> That's it. good. I'm excited. That's good, That's man. For sure. Um, somewhere like, <clears throat> I think it was, we'll see, that would have been like early March and then sometime in, like, mid-April, we actually went on our first, like, public land turkey hunt. What were we thinking? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I mean, if it was somewhere else, some other state, it wouldn't, we yeah. would have been thinking right, but no, it was we did Texas. In, in Texas, and there's just very few public turkeys, at least, you know, that you can go do OTC in Texas. Yeah. But I think that trip taught us a lot, too. Uh, I actually had written this down beforehand. Like, that's when I learned that, like, sometimes you got to endure – like the terrible stuff, like uh, the um, like roadblocks and the hardships and just like the really tough hunting and then not get the payoff. I feel like every like media outlet you see, YouTube video or whatever, it's like this story of struggle and perseverance and at the end there's like a payoff. And there wasn't on that trip. Mm-hmm. We went out there twice, hunted hard and – didn't kill anything mm-hmm. and that's kind of uh, and i don't know maybe i'm like not in a good place on this but like that's when i probably learned that it's sometimes you're just not gonna kill something and it's okay to just deal with that yeah you know but i, I don't also don't want to be complacent with just like going for just the experience always you right. know what i mean but i don't know that might sound terrible but no, do you know what i'm I, saying i know I, I feel the same way one thing that i like and this is kind of a stem off of what you're saying maybe, but like one thing that I don't want to have happen again is go out to like someplace hunting something. And I know this will probably happen, but like, I don't like not being feeling like I'm in the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I walk around on three days on public land in Texas, trying to locate a gobbler and I see one, uh, at like roost in a tree in the very waning moments of the day, like on the other side, like on across the creek on yeah. private. That's just I don't feel like I'm in the game the whole time. Mm-mm. You know, like if we don't hear birds or see birds, like if I can't stalk them, I mean I don't care. Like the, some of the hardest things that we have done is try to stalk white-tailed deer in the wide open country. But I can do that if I can do that and attempt that all day and not be successful. That's fine with me. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like looking for one of these species of game, that is tough. I can't. I do not like doing that at all. Yeah. Like I like to, like if uh, for instance, I've never hunted pronghorn, but I want to, and I just want to shoot one or have the opportunity to stalk them all day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to go shoot a ninety incher. And like look all throughout the country to find one, you know, so mm-hmm. that I can stalk it. I just want to. I just want to be in the game. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of why those uh, doe hunts are appealing a little bit, you know. Yeah, like, I know there's a bunch of pronghorn does everywhere you go. Right. So right. that'd be cool. And you can get twenty five pounds of meat off of them. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, good old ninety five degree sunshine meat <laughs> off of some pronghorn does. <laughs> no, I'm talking smack. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um I do remember when we talked when we kind of talked about, you know, which this is celebrating our hundredth episode, so we're kinda talking about the podcast. But during that podcast episode, when we talked about that turkey hunt, we also I think believe we talked about your elk harvest from twenty sixteen and then my doe Harvest from 2016, which was the first videoed harvest 
uh, for the element was it the 2016 was. doe. I believe. It was. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever filmed. Uh, you didn't film harvest. it. I har- that was last year. That was actually a year after. Oh no, you're right. So this is oh, the one shoot. I didn't self film. Oh shoot! Yeah. Yeah. So you were you went to Colorado and we were I was pulling for you the whole time. I just had a good feeling, you know, but I didn't go with you and video you. Mm-hmm. And then in October, I had permission around here and self filmed. A doe hunt, which turned out pretty cool little thing, you know, or whatever. It's kind of like a, a rite of passage for the season for me, it seems like, every year is to try to shoot a doe in October the last three or four years. And uh, that was our first, like, kill on film. I saw, I remember that. And, and what's funny is that I have been filming hunts. It's not actually not really that funny. I haven't laughed <laughs> much about it. Um, but I've been filming hunts with, like, buddies since, like, 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's 2019, and I still have only been filmed shooting one buck, and that was last year, the nameless buck. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, like I've, it's always been a self-film deal, and like there, like even with uh, one eye Jack, like we went, we've been filming all year, October, no, early November, and then we get into late November, we go on a trip, Justin, my buddy, and I, and he films, we, fi- I mean, you know, like we're looking for different bucks or whatever, so we're sitting in the same stand with the potential like you and I do with the potential of both having an opportunity. Um, but technically, you know, he's filming me at times and, um, he did that for five days, I think out of a six day trip or something, maybe six days. And then the, he, he had to leave on an, he was going to leave in the afternoon. He's Mm -hmm. a night owl, so he can drive all night, you know? And so he was going to leave in the afternoon and um, so we hunted the morning or whatever we did and nothing. And then that afternoon, uh, he starts loading the truck and I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to go out. Be careful going home, you know, be careful. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I, I go out to my stand, you know, and like before he even left camp, I had shot him. So it was like four, I think it was like four thirty, four forty five, something like that. It wasn't man. super late, four thirty, yeah. pretty early, you know, and I had shot Jack, but I had to self film it. And uh, he came and did like all the B roll after and everything, but it was like a such a perfect window that he missed <laughs> to not get me on film, you know, and help me out. So yeah, I was kind of sad, but obviously really happy too, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. Speaking of Justin, um, I believe I've referred to this several times, but I think it was episode twenty one. Um, he that was a, a kind of a special episode for me because I got to have him on, and like Justin and I have been through some pretty tough stuff together. Um, one of the least serious, but like still extremely disappointing was the story that he actually told on mm-hmm. the, on the podcast where, um, we were somehow unable to recover a buck that we chased for seven miles. We trailed yeah. for seven miles <laughs> after being hit and just a crazy story. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. Cause, um, I made a similar shot this year. Similarly, I guess it hit the same probably organs for the most part. I feel like Justin actually might've had some lung. I don't know, but, um, and so I was very, very cautious about my shot on Frank this year because of Justin's, that experience with Justin. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, very cool though, to have him and you and I all sit around at my house and I always like doing the ones in person better than the ones on the phone. Oh, yeah. It's just way Man, more natural. Man, it's way better, way more natural, a lot more dynamic to it, you know, and that was actually kind of my first chance to just to get to hang out with Justin. It was cool to, like, be an observer in that, too, because mm-hmm. I wasn't there for that experience. So, like, I was truly listening to the story as you were telling it, and, like, questions I had about 
that story were real mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, what about this? You know, because yeah. I hadn't, they didn't know it. Yeah. You know, it, was oh, it was nuts, man. It yeah. was nuts. But um, shortly after, I remember the first podcast I had to do without you. Tony Sashery? Tony Sashery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tony Sashery. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I don't know if I'll ever forget that convo because I was sitting there. He and I were sitting, just us, on the back patio at the lodge, the place where I grew up fishing. He, we had a huge pot of onions, peppers, butter, and crawfish fat. And we were just talking deer hunting, cooking, and family. And he just had this big paddle, and he was just stirring it the whole time. You can hear it, probably hear it in the background of the podcast, you know. And I just remember smelling that and just hanging out with this guy who was, like, kind of a celebrity, you know. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. And the <laughs> weather was nice, man. We were out on the back patio looking at Lake Fort, you know. So it was, it was cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I guess um, it wasn't too many – it may have been, like, the next week or two, probably, like, two weeks later, uh, because I think he was there for the Skeeter Tournament, which is early June. And we went in late June to the Black Canyon. Dude, trip of a lifetime. <laughs> I can't believe we almost went somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Like, it was like a week before that we were debating on if we were going to take that trip or go to a different place in yeah. the Rockies. Yeah, which is now dry, right? Yeah, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, dang, we might should have gone. But, yeah. No. But but I'm, yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, when you talk about, like, timing and everything. Yeah. We hit that thing perfect. The footage is epic. Like, yep. that's, like, whenever you, we first started hanging out and you were telling me about, like, your reasons for filming. I don't want to say just justify because apparently that's not what you're supposed to do justify your stuff these days but um like your reason for filming was to like preserve the memory right and like how many times have i watched oh rock trolls man i watched it today i hate to admit that (laughs) like i was i was uh working on on the internet and i have to do that on my truck because i don't have internet in my house and uh I had it playing in the background, watching, kind of watching it, you know. That's as good as it gets, man. We might not ever make another fly fishing film as good as that trip was. Yeah. The only way we can is to go back there and just stay longer. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> no, for real. I don't know. <laughs> for real. Like, we might should just, like, do a five-dayer and try to hit the, the like, swarm as it comes in and then as it comes out, too. Yeah. Because we were, like, on the back end of it, you know. Yeah. But so. I just – a all-around experience you know i talk a lot about like you know hunting for experience or whatever just seeking experiences like the danger involved with that like it's no joke did you see the guy's comment yeah yeah what did he say like how many bodies have been he said i think he went on a four-day trip he said three out of four days there were rescue crews in there they were pulling corpses out of the bottom it's unreal. It's scary. Like, I never hear... felt like I was going to die except for like one time coming out. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I felt, but you and I felt like there was another dude that might die. Yeah, we did. We That didn't make the cut for the film. Uh, if but... we hadn't uh, told him which way to go, he might have just died up there. Oh, I know it. <laughs> but it was like one of those deals where we had to put down the film equipment and just become humans. Yeah. You know, like we were almost like search and rescue. Yeah. And this, dude, this guy, two guys. Was, yeah, two guys. One, both um, older than us, but in good shape for their age. Quite a bit older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them took the wrong turn and like climbed what like they were a thousand feet. They left out one morning, and we're like smoking fish. And we're like, we can we not do this? Can we not get lost <laughs> right now? <laughs> and so uh, these two guys leave out, and they pass us on the river. You know, going up and see you later, man. Good to meet you. Whatever. And they take off. 
And like an hour and a half later or whatever, one of them comes back and goes, hey, have you seen Brian or whatever his name was? I think it was Brian. I think it's right. And, and uh, we were no, like. No, it was like, but much more panicked. Than, yes. Like, I can't find Brian. Have you seen him? Yeah. And we were like, this oh. is not good. Okay. And we're uh, first thing I'm thinking is like, why are y'all not walking together? <laughs> yeah, how like, do you get separated? Uh, and so anyway, Brian had gone up the wrong canyon, which was basically a sheep only sheep access it's like so avalanche shoot pretty much <laughs> yeah. yeah oh it was yeah that was that was epic trip and the opportunity to like you know catch our personal best like over and over and over again especially yeah. you how many times did we break that my gracious <clears throat> it was it was very very cool trip and just like even though there was a i guess there was two other groups down there it was really cool just to be down there and like feel like you were you're one of few that ever have been down yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Well, that. it's it's kind of like that. Uh, you talk about this. Like, you'll meet some people, and, like, you're, like, by by statute, best friends for, like, two days, right? Yeah. Because, like, you're in the same situation together, and you have to coexist. And that's yeah. kind of what it was. And we were all there for, like, a common goal. Not everybody was fishing as hard as we were, but, like, just the adventure of it. So the whole idea is to like make each other's experience as good as you can and not like be a jerk, you know, or whatever. And like, it was pretty cool. Man. Yeah, it was cool. And and you're right. It is. It's interesting to think about. Like, you have a friend, a pretty good friend for two days of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those dudes there like were offering us the wine they packed down. Like first of yeah. all, like yeah, they packed, yeah, packed wine. wine. Okay, <laughs> they were way yeah. older than us. Yeah. They packed wine. They, they packed. They fried, like creature comforts, frying stuff. Yeah, grease. we were like uh, mountain house dried potatoes. Yeah, um, <laughs> ten pounds of peanut. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I learned a lot since then. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. It was it was very cool just to like. Uh, I don't know, just have a kinship with, with people that you didn't know because you all were kind of in awe of this, yep. you know, yep. piece of creation. Yeah, it was cool. And so we got back from that trip, um, put together a video or started putting together a video. And then not long after that, we started getting ready for elk season. And we had a guy on the podcast that I think was pretty special for you. Oh, Corey Jacobson. Corey Jacobson. That was a pretty cool deal. Yeah. 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 That, was, uh, that was another one of those like – I don't know, starstruck moments where I probably sounded stupid on the podcast, but, uh, you know, it's a dude that I like learned a lot from, he didn't know that, you know, but, yeah. uh, watched a ton of his videos and stuff. It's a pretty cool thing, man. And, uh, that kind of hyped us up and talked you into finally going elk hunting with me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good, man. We got a cool, cool video out of that. We man. did. That was a lot of fun. Spiked out is, is real good. I watched that one often too. Yeah. And we, dude, we were so close. Yeah. Yeah. To getting it done, um, in style, both of us there, but man, hopefully I'll kill a lot more elk in my life, but that was a trip that I didn't kill an elk and I wouldn't, change anything about the trip for the world mm-hmm. it was just so much fun like it was like the perfect elk camp and no offense to other people who i've shared elk camp with before but like four young dudes going up there all believers in christ who want some of the same things and and don't want to like man there's a lot of people going hunting trips and like want to go like party and mess around in town and stuff. You know, yeah. that's just not what we were there for. Yeah. And we, we all got after it and went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> ate good food. That's right. Brennan killed an elk. So we got to eat elk while we were there. You know, yeah. like that's a lot of fun. That was one of the best nights of my life. I mean, Dude. like the night that we ate the backstrap and then sat around a campfire and talked on the podcast for 
for however long, you know, and talked for longer than that. It's funny you say you know right there because I think <laughs> yes, two of the biggest you knowers in the whole world were on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's true. Well, when it gets late like that and you get very relaxed in you know your conversation, I just did it. You know, yeah, in, in your conversation, it, it's tough to not do that because that's really how we talk. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, you know, it, you know. It can't exactly. stop now. You cannot stop. I tell you, <laughs> it's one of those things that please don't listen to it or listen for it, you know, because it's going to happen. But um, I, one of the things that I love about that podcast the most, like you can hear the fire crack on in the background because we we're using all that spruce, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just eating. It was eating it up so quick. But uh, that was just man, that was a good night. I, one of my favorite things I always think about when I think about us eating that backstrap is I have this video clip of you. I think it made the film. The film. Um, but you're eating backstrap, and I'm like, "What you got there?" And you just turn, and you your eyes are like bloodshot because you're so tired, you know. But you're like so happy, and your mouth is like greasy. <laughs> you're like backstrap, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just mountain manning. Yeah, it was that was a good time. It was um, fun. But one thing, uh, right before we actually uh, somewhere before that episode, I think it was right before that because we usually do this that time of year. Uh, was our first TRCP summit. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> probably the funnest episode I've ever done, but at the same time, maybe like the least trans, uh, like transferable to yeah. probably our audience. Like, I don't know if they enjoyed it as much as I did, you know, but we did, uh, we had a pretty late night conversation going um, after all the meetings of one day. I would say it was the Element Crew and then three of the best young minds in conservation oh, around yeah. a table. Yeah. And we, I was like, hey, I hate to do this because we're having a good time right now, but do you mind if I set some mics up? And we had some, like, headsets and stuff, but I just didn't want to ruin, like, ruin everything, you know? So I just put them down in front of all of us, you know? And so mm-hmm. Brian Koch, Elliot Woods, and Garrett Long, and uh you tried you, to not say blong <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> uh and so and you and i and uh we tried to make it work audio wise i know it didn't it was hard to keep track of who was saying what because mm-hmm. there were some funny things dude ocelots but, and <laughs> chump yeah. building the wall man yeah. it was yeah. super funny it was good so i do remember that but then um um i guess sometime i don't know when this was this might have been like pre-season that year uh, we were trying to give some good, uh, like a good, like kind of tactical, kind of like, um, not like your normal uh, tips or whatever kind of thing. And I remember we were talking, we got to talk with my good friend, who's now our good friend, Cody Beaver. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that was a cool one for me because I spent a ton of days in the wood, in the woods, and on the water, and in the water with him. And so it was cool, like to sit around in his new man cave. And just like listen and revisit some of these old stories that like ended with all these bucks that were around mm-hmm. us, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so and that's cool for me because I built that man cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got some big heads in there. Man. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty, pretty near that one. I think it was episode forty-one. Um, controversial corn. That was actually like our most popular episode for a long time. It was. It still might be. I don't know. It's one of those times that it, it like proved to me that like you and I can just hold our own and not have to have a guest if we don't yeah. need to. Yeah, I think you, you know? did say that. You finally yeah. were like, I think uh, we didn't, we are okay. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, because really, I mean, honestly, like sometimes we're just like, you know what? We can sit here and spit tips and stuff at, at people, but like 
you know, sometimes it's just cool to tell a story, you know, it's mm-hmm. just cool to, or to, just to have your personal anecdotal evidence of something and just know that like, maybe you're not right in Louisiana, but you're right here, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe you're not right. It's just the way you think it is, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and we, yeah, you're right about that though. We, we finally started to maybe have a little confidence in yeah. ourselves. Well, that's when we figured out that it's okay. Well, I don't know if that's exactly when, but like, it's part of what molded us to think that it's okay to not be an expert about things, but still have opinions about things, you right. know, because if you, a lot of times, if you sit here and speak as an expert, it's kind of like people are in like a college class, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which yeah. is, is good for some things, but oh, like, yeah. who wants to sit in that environment all the time? I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy like the concept of us talking about things and maybe people listen and also have input. And then when they give us their input back, you know, it's more of like a conversation. That right. We're having. Oh, me too. For sure. For sure. Um, I know that like, I guess the next thing that I can remember that kind of happened to us was the, or I guess as far as podcast goes, Rut Raging Rooster. Oh my gosh. So yes. <laughs> that was a, that was, I mean, like I really wanted to reenact this story again this year, but we just weren't <laughs> quite able to connect on all the dots, you no. know, like, but it just like super fresh story in the truck on the way home from the Midwest after killing a giant buck on public land. Like that's, I wanted it to happen again this year. It didn't mm-hmm. happen, but how fun was that? Cause we were like, we like, we're telling the story and then we pull up to a Whataburger. We're like, let's get some dinner. And we ate Whataburger and then we like finished the story. And I was like, this is the best day of my life, dude. I yeah. mean, got a huge, you know, huge skull in the back or, you know, horns in the back of the truck. And, we're riding around shooting or eating Whataburger and, you know, just talking about the hunt, you know, and somehow we're making a podcast out of this thing. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was surreal is what that was. Yeah. It was a whole trip. It was just crazy. I mean, and of course, there's a YouTube video about it. You know, it's our most it's our successful most yeah. you know, video we've done. I mean, for good reason, because it was just, man, what an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I am, I, I guess I'm just not going to try to put a lot of words here because just go watch the film you know it's just mm-hmm. it's so much better uh in that format than me trying to tell you yeah about it. for sure you know? yeah i mean and the the episode is cool too yeah. the podcast episode that was, was because it was like just that i love moments of joy you know oh, yeah. and, and that was one of those deals where just riding home just high on life dude for real man oh <laughs> uh, so I guess like on the kind of on the whitetail train here, um, we not too long after that we talked to Garrett Rowe of Heads Up Decoy, mm-hmm. and that basically like set the tone for our whole month of November this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that conversation took us into a whole different thinking, you know, and we our whole month of November was spent like with a lot behind a lot of decoying action, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. It's interesting it, that that could happen. Kind of helped us explore new country. Yeah. That we wouldn't have otherwise too. For sure, man. <laughs> it, I mean, we had a great time doing that, which we've got some, some videos that have been posting from our like series, you know, from Kansas. And we've got more actually one posting really soon here. Probably, hopefully it will be posted by the time this episode drops. Um, where we like use the decoy a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on one day behind a decoy. Um, I don't know. A few episodes later, I think we got to talk with um, Joe Cortez. 
which was cool for me because I kind of got to like bridge that gap between like my old musician touring life and what I'm doing now and and talk about it in a broader terms of like just uh, trying to like be have create a successful lifestyle you Mm -hmm. know and Joe's just super nice guy and I really enjoyed getting to bring like two of my passions together kind of yeah I guess that's He's not a musician anymore, but he understands, like, he's he lived the same life that I did. Yeah, know? sure. And that's kind of one of those situations that I really enjoy in the podcasting worlds when you can take somebody who, like, <clears throat> isn't exactly cut from the same cloth as, like, the, like, you know, Whitetail Tactics world or whatever. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we did with Jesse Griffith's episode, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. was, like, uh, I think 53 where mm-hmm. we uh, – talked a lot about cuisine and you know because jesse's like got restaurants and like cooking is like the big part of his life but obtaining meat is another big part of his life too so we can kind of connect on those levels and that that episode really kind of taught me a lot or i guess i had to relearn some things because i'd just come off a time in my life when i'd shot so many wild hogs that i just thought they were worthless Mm. you know and i still don't have a great opinion of them but like jesse finds a way to <laughs> he jokingly says <laughs> shoot a hog save the world or something yeah, like that yeah. that's his hashtag but like he's found a way to like make the most of the situation we're in in texas with just the over the overpopulation of wild hogs you yeah know? and he's like what using, a cool guy dude i know man he's like, a cool dude jesse just move closer so we can hang out well <laughs> he's previously from our hood kind of uh-huh. you know he yeah. was a north texas guy yeah. so uh yeah i was and uh i guess, i think it was for our anniversary but my wife and I went down to Austin and ate at his restaurant down yeah. there, Dadui. And, uh, dude, oh, it was amazing. And Jesse hooked us up. And I just, like, after that, like, I'm a Jesse Griffiths fan. After that. <laughs> I was like, I'm a fanboy, man. For dude, sure. he's got a famous name, too. You know, Jesse yeah. Griffiths is a pretty, like, that's a good name. Yeah, like, he could be like a cowboy. Yeah. Like a famous cowboy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't long after that, after we talked to Jesse. Um, one of my favorite overall just podcasts. Because, I mean, I guess there was so much time there. There was definitely a lot of favorites. Uh, but we spent like three hours in Tailwater's Fly Shop and just chatted with our buddy Sean Polk. Um, and we did like the most epically long podcast ever. That so we, long it was two parts. <laughs> that's right. We had to split it into two parts. And we just like divulged our top 60 things. Um, we each gave 20 things. And that was our 60th episode that we would do again or we wouldn't do again, mm-hmm. like trips as far as hunting or fishing goes. And so that was that was cool, man. I had a good time on that one. Um, yeah. Somewhere not long after that, um, we talked to Chris B. You really liked that podcast. Yeah, man. Uh, it was just one of the things I've appreciated about podcasting in general is like how it connects you and connects people. And Chris is from a different part of the world, and he's even younger than we are, uh, which isn't saying much to some people. But, uh, you know, he's a young dude who uh, really cares and really has a passion for archery. And, uh, I don't know, he just portrays hunting in a good light, man. He just has a lot of fun, and he's so, like, I wouldn't say he's, like, low-key, but, I mean... What's the right word? He's just well, like... Well, he hey. always talks about, uh, like, his hashtag is be real. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that that's kind of what you're getting at. Is yeah. like He's just a real dude. He doesn't he doesn't overhype things, but when he's excited, he is hype. Mm-hmm. You know? You can just tell, like, he's genuine, yeah. I feel like. And it's 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 great look for hunting, man. Yeah. It's, like, one of those encouraging things to where, like, 
we're kind of torch holders now, you know, like mm-hmm. some people are still clinging on to the torch, not passing it on yet, but <laughs> yeah. like it was, it's kind of in our hands and Chris is not like a next generation, but he's like the youngsters, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like good to see that like, man, there's a bright future for the media side for of sure. hunting. It's not going to be just glorious kill shots and, and blood. Yeah, from, from here on out, you know, there's like a there's 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 hope. Like I, I remember he, he like um, they went, I can't remember Nebraska maybe, and on one of their videos and they shot like some small muleys mm-hmm. and they were so jacked up about yeah. it. And I like, and but it's you can tell it's genuine, you know. Yeah. And and I was like, man, that's real right there. Like that's that right there. If I was a twenty something, you know, like a young twenty, like college age kid or whatever, mm-hmm. and was watching that happen, I would. Uh, I'd be like, man, I feel like I can do that. Yes. Let's go do that. It's you know? a big deal, man. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're shooting giant whitetails at an outfitter, at an outfitter in the Midwest, like, that's just, I mean, that's, I watch it, it's you cool. know, but it's kind of like one of those things that I watch almost like football. It's just like on while I'm cooking something and I'm not yeah. really paying is attention to it. Is it inspiring? You know? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So it is. It's a good look, man. I, I, uh, I'm glad you made that point, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. And did, that might have, like, been something – I don't know. That might have been – we talked a lot of archery stuff. I know we talked with PJ Riley as well. But you kind of got, got on the, like, whole rig change and yeah. thought – like, you thought a lot about archery well, this, this you kind of occupy yourself some way in, when it's 105 outside <laughs> yeah. and you're building a house all day. But yeah. I made the change to a new bow this year. and it's, You started shooting heavier arrows because of what you had seen – Chris's results, right? Yeah. I mean, I was really interested in, in how he always had pass-throughs, mm-hmm. and uh, I I kind of wanted to make that – with him and some other stuff, I, I kind of um, – I uh, like what Aaron Snyder has to say a lot about stuff, too. Mm-hmm. We haven't had him on the podcast, but, you know, just uh, – He probably has enough podcasts out there. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, – and I don't know if we have enough bleeps for them, but uh, – <laughs> um, Anyways, just like the heavier arrow thing was really intriguing to me, and you kind of—it's almost like a lot of times people will buy a bow and then fit an arrow to it. Mm-hmm. But like I knew what I wanted to shoot, and I was like, and I decided that I would need a new bow to make that actually something that works for whitetail. Mm-hmm. Because here's the deal: in Western hunting, if you're hunting, especially elk, they're not going to string jump. Uh-huh. And they're not super. Their their senses just aren't as high as what a whitetails are. Yes, they are way better at the woods than you and I are. You know, but you can deal with wide pin gaps. You can deal with slower arrows. You know, you can like you're, you're chunking an axe at them or whatever. You know, but like whitetail, there's a there's a happy medium. You can't just you know <laughs> be flinging. 580 grain arrows at 210 feet per second at mm-hmm. 30 yards, you're going to get jumped, yeah. you know, it, and you kind of reach a point where your ethics and efficiency peak and you start going down where if you can get a heavier arrow to fly pretty fast, you have, well, technically results like I had this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? So. Ooh. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> uh right a little bit after that i think we did um because we we're really interested in this we try to always not always but we try to almost always grab people for guests that have something to say that can answer questions that we might have right mm-hmm. and so we had Lindsay thomas come on and talk tree scouting 
because we were like, because after last year, we had this Schumard find that like really inspired yeah. us, you know. Like what other types of trees are there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we we got on with him and talks tree scouting, which was really awesome. I loved that episode. And like anytime I get a chance to just, you know, like I'm a bit partial to a Southern accent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I just, it's like, it feels like a home or like a friend that I grew up with, you know. Yeah. So um, when we can get somebody on with a Southern accent, which it's kind of sad, but like I feel like there's more uh, white tail experts in the North or maybe they're self-proclaimed. I don't Close. know, but but you know, like I, that's it. Just feels like there's more people doing it up north. Maybe there's just more people. Well, it's in that just part because of the US. Uh, whenever you have a much higher chance of smoking down a 170, it's easier to call yourself an expert. Yeah, that's probably you know, probably it too. and nothing against that. It's just it's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, and, well, Lindsay killed a giant this year, which we did a yeah a breakdown about yeah. And, uh, it was. I, I loved that episode, man. Yeah, We've gotten dude. to know him a bunch better, and like, there's people that I've met through this that like are now straight up friends. And Lindsay Thomas mm-hmm. is one of those people. Like, I might yeah. just text Lindsay about something, just right. just talk, you know. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be element oriented. Right, that's right. what's cool. Yeah, he's a knowledgeable guy, man. That's what I like. You know, having somebody on who's got a southern accent and, and knowledgeable. Sometimes it just like it just feels like, man, we're hitting right up the right alley here. Mm-hmm. You know? Um Somewhere, uh, I guess that was like probably, I feel like that was like mid-summer, maybe early summer. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly. but It was hot, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was hot. (laughs) I do remember that too. Um, But we were trying to get a head start on the tree scouting because we thought, well, these oaks are going to start developing acres pretty soon. They're going to drop in October, so we need to get a head start. And so we'll talk to him, and then we'll go out late summer and do this. Um, but then I remember we were doing an album, uh, my band and I were doing an album and I remember sitting in a truck in Oklahoma up in Tulsa and on one of those trips that they record and, um, you and I discussed hunting in the internet and how they like, how the dynamic between them. Yeah. I just remember at the time I felt like this was one of the most important episodes that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just felt like there was a lot of things that were important that we discussed there and I felt like we were making some really good points. We spent a lot of time thinking about our points and, um, that there is a lot, I feel like there should be a lot of weight placed on like how, how hunting as a recreational activity is portrayed to others Mm -hmm. that are non hunters. Right. Yeah. And so I just remember that that felt like a really important episode. Yeah. And it's almost like that came full circle with some events that transpired in the last you know, a couple of days or mm-hmm. whatever. And I don't know what this quote is and help me if you know it, but there's something to where like, if you don't say anything, then it's a vote for the other guy or whatever. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. Like that concept, like here's the deal. If you don't portray something, it's like there's a chance for someone to interpret it however they want to, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes you have to say something, otherwise there'll be words put in your mouth. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of how social media is. We live in a world of captions Mm -hmm. and you have to put something in that caption. Otherwise people just think you're bloodthirsty killers. Right. Right. Man, that's a good point. I've never heard it put like that either. I don't think, I mean, you always hear about like, well, don't do this, you know, don't post bloody pictures, don't walk, go into town with the blood running down your tailgate, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. Here, don't, 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 don't. But, like, you have to do something. You yeah. got to do something. So what is it that we do, you know? Yeah. It's a good point, man. I like that. Um, episode 74, God shed his grace on the 
I just remember sitting there in the truck again in Driggs, Idaho. You and I discussed the first <laughs> leg of my epic 11-day trip from Texas to essentially Red Lodge, Montana. And it was just a fun way to like end the day sitting there watching the sunset. And I had just seen a, my first moose, Ooh. like up-close moose. Yeah. You know, we, we saw one in British Columbia, but it was literally five miles away. I mean, you couldn't <laughs> see it without a spot and scope, and you still couldn't see it in the yeah. spot and scope hardly. <laughs> so I just remember... That was the first moose that I had ever seen, you know. And That's it, cool. It was just, it was cool. I just remember that uh, episode for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, not long after that, we talked with Michael Hunsucker of Heartland Bowhunter. And we also had Sean Luckdell and Trent Siegel. So, like, all the Heartland guys, you know. Yeah. And I just remember, like, when I was talking to Mike, I can remember going, you know what? All these guys are cool. It's like, you just kind of wonder, you know, like mm-hmm. a big group of guys, there's got to be some guys a tool in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I remember they were all cool, you know, yeah. like, and so I was just thinking, these are, these are guys that like, I think a lot of people would agree, they like set the bar high in video production for like the last decade they've been doing that, right? And just trying to make sure that like these video productions, you know, like I can just, I just think of this, they, those, these guys are like, they'll have three minutes of footage in the middle uh, like you know after the kind of introduction or whatever and I bet you half the shots will be like scenery shots you know mm-hmm. that was never done before them I don't feel like yeah. you know like who cares about these red leaves on this oak tree you know mm-hmm. I mean we're talking about deer here we're trying to shoot them <laughs> you know whatever like and so I just feel like I have a respect for them for doing that for also trying from a videographer's standpoint trying to raise the bar there and um, and so like with that respect and also they kind of have a celebrity status and for a bunch of celebs they don't act like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're just down to earth, cool guys. And I'm glad that they turned out to be that way in person as opposed to just like, you know, I've met people that I look, that I looked up to that when I actually met them, I was like, oh, I, I wish I had never met them, you know? Yeah. So that was, and it was cool to talk about that grizzly hunt too. Yeah. No kidding. Goodness neat. gracious. You saw the, the little stinger on Instagram, didn't you? It's it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Like one of the it's like remember when you're a little kid and you're watching a scary movie? Yeah. And like you had that feeling like I don't get that feeling as an adult too much with yeah. scary movies anymore. I just don't like them. Yeah. That's what I felt like. Like I was sitting in my chair and I was like, This bear's about to get me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. weird, man. It was, it was. Um What about your boy Carl Miller? Dude. It's cool dude. <laughs> cool guy. And we met Carl, um, who's a professor of wildlife biology um, at UGA. Um, we met him at the QMA banquet this past year. We met a lot of cool people there. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, um, I don't know, a touch wary of the QMA because I, I didn't really understand what their purpose was. I thought they just wanted bigger bucks, and that's not really what it is. And mm-hmm. that's just that event really helped prove that to me. But, uh, man, one of the, like, most knowledgeable people I've ever talked to about a whitetail deer, mm-hmm. you know, like the dude understands anatomy of whitetails in like ways that we'll never know because, well, quite frankly, it's him and a bunch of grad students spending their lives to know about it, you yeah. know, and like, I'm so grateful for their commitment to it and yeah. being willing to share that knowledge with us. Mm-hmm. Not to mention twice because we had an <laughs> yeah. SD card malfunction, oh. and Carl was was uh, gracious enough to give us a little bit more uh, of his time. I was so sad. I know. You know what? I also appreciate about that is that he did it twice, 
and he has nothing to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, when we get a biologist on, you got to think about this as opposed to somebody who has a whitetail brand yeah, um, or a hunting brand or something mm-hmm. uh, or a cookbook or whatever it might be. Like, they have something to sell, so they kind of have a reason to be on there. And not that they're not good people or doing it out of the kindness of their heart sometimes, but, like, as a biologist, I mean – the only reason that you're getting on these, you know, a media source like this is so that you can spread like findings because you just care about conservation or the animal or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So pretty neat that, that he would do that. Yeah. Cool guy, and man. just, it kind of shows that he cares about people too. Cause yeah. he wasn't a jerk about it at all. Just mm-hmm. like he gave us a hard time <laughs> yeah, being did. young bucks <laughs> or something like that, you know, yeah. but just like it almost made it better. Yeah. You know, it was, it's just, yeah. Pretty neat. And so we went from sweltering humidity in New Orleans to talking to Carl Miller <laughs> all the way up to Montana last summer, late yeah. last summer. And um, for the other uh, TRCP media summit that we've been to. Yeah. And I loved Minnesota, but mm. it was pretty nice to be in Bozeman, My Montana, too. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Like Montana is like paradise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You can't you can't put it into words, you yeah. know. It's just like they're, you know, Montana means mountains in Spanish, right? Or mm. mountain in Spanish, and you see why because everywhere you look, there's mountains. Yeah, like the whole way around you. Yeah, and I'm not jealous of them here in early January. Mm-hmm, it's cold up there, <laughs> but uh, at the time it was beautiful. Late summer, uh, it actually snowed up on the mountains, mm-hmm. so it was pretty chilly, and we we were welcoming that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just cool to be there, man. We got to we got to go to the Sitka headquarters and do a podcast with uh, with Chris Derrick there, and um, that was just a cool experience because they had some really cool mounts in there. You could see the production line, and then uh, like you mentioned earlier, like kind of seeing the um, the works in conservation there. I guess. Yeah, it's it's nice whenever you you can tell that like a brand that you believe in really is rooted in what they say mm-hmm. they do, you know, mm-hmm. and that that is Sitka for yeah. sure, and like. We saw we saw the whiteboard that they were working on. It's not like they just like have these like sayings around here. It's like, oh, we believe in conservation or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, two percent or whatever. I don't know whatever what people would say about their brand or whatever, but like they um they had like a whole whiteboard dedicated to a project that is conservation oriented and you could tell like they had been meeting about this and like how can we give more money to to make wildlife you know, more abundant. Yes. Yeah. Live so. it and breathe it, man. That's right, man. It's cool. It's, it's cool. cool. I also ate an apple from the street in Montana, which <laughs> yeah, makes Montana did. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does for sure. Yeah. Man. And uh, now I want to plant apple trees, which I don't know if they're, they grow this in this weather real good, but I don't know if they <laughs> yeah. can deal with our summers. They're, our summers don't grow too many good things. Um, <laughs> another interview I did while in Montana this summer, which was on my 11 day trip. Uh, which the reason, only reason I went to Montana was to do this interview because I needed cell phone service. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have driven seventy miles into Montana. Um, but I remember this. It was a it was an interview with Mark Drury, and I remember it distinctively as being an interview with one of the most veteran guys in deer hunting and deer hunting videos, in particularly. And then I remember it also taking like over a year to get him scheduled and on the line. <laughs> Like, but he's I, real happy to do it whenever oh, yeah, he got with it. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate a guy that like is that busy and will still take the time to do this mm-hmm. for a couple of, like you were saying earlier, a couple of just Joes, you know? <laughs> so uh, that was really cool of him to do. 
and really awesome that they could work for like a year with me through email to try mm-hmm. to set this up, right? Because I've 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 been told no a lot in my life, a lot as a as a musician, you know, especially. And man, I've like I'll get in touch with somebody that's like important. I'm like, man, this is great. We guys finally got a con point of contact here, and then they just stop responding after like it doesn't work the first time, you mm-hmm. know. You're like, what the heck? Like, can we please just try to line this up, you know? And they stayed with it, man. So kudos to them on that. Um, and so we went like actually our preseason and all the way up into October was like line like superstar lined. I mean, yeah. it was like I feel like I'm gonna brag on us for a little bit here. Our like preseason in October, if you like if you're a whitetail hunter, you and you didn't listen to every single episode, man, you missed out on some prime information. Go back. The Bill Winky episode is one of my favorites, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was really good. And around about that time, I think it was late September, maybe we talked to Bill. Yeah. I, I'm getting, the timelines are messed up here because like when we talked to him versus when we aired the episode is a little bit off, but I think Bill was 88. Yeah. Um, uh, no, uh, 84. No, 84, yeah. 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 And uh, Such a nice dude. <laughs> and we actually talked to him. Like in March, yeah, that we were on the way to do uh, the Lano video. We were on mm-hmm. the way to the Lano to do the uh, Going for Guad 4K video, um, and he actually asked us about fishing because yeah. he he likes to fish. Yeah, that was cool. So and yeah. uh, he likes the Boundary Waters area, which I spent yeah. some time up there. So can we had a common thing there. But like we talked about string jump, which is uh, something that I've experienced a lot mm-hmm. in the last couple years and and dealt with a lot and. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to get with somebody who has shot a ton of deer with a bow and arrow. And actually, Bill's a tactician. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell that through everything he does. He's like you, an engineer or something, right? Yeah. Mechanical engineer yeah. or something. So he looks at things with that engineering mindset and, like, figures things out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he's done a lot of with the, with a bow. You can tell, like, by the way he, like, constructs his food plots and everything like he thinks everything through mm-hmm. so like he has great opinions on like how to approach whitetails and shooting at them yeah that was a great episode and so yeah i think we went i actually i, I think i missed you know thinking about that but bill mark and then we had um like 91 92 like i think they're consecutive episodes whatever they were jeff sturgis and rod white yeah. like <laughs> respectively they like some of the most groundbreaking like white-tailed tactical episodes that we've done i would yeah. say wouldn't you that rod rod episode was dude he talked about some crazy stuff in there yeah we like we got him on to originally talk about calling yeah i think because he had a really cool video online about uh a experience that he had with a big deer calling it in and um so we were going to get him on to talk about calling we ended up talking about I don't, that was one of our longer podcasts. Yeah. I think he just talked about everything, man. Dude, yes, but like, he, there's a story in particular that like always sticks out that he told me or told us. It was about that buck who like would go and stand at that point of timber and just call those yeah, like to a him, kind of loud growl thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I, was I like, know that is cool. Yeah, I would like to see that, man. Yeah, it almost sounds like one of those things that doesn't happen, but mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time around deer, man. Yeah, in big deer country, yeah. lots of deer. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, somewhere well, these are all starting to get pretty recent here. Uh, 
somewhere recently we did a podcast. It was our first FaceTime podcast, and we did it with Matt Dye and Adam <laughs> with Keith. our bros <laughs> from yeah. Landon Legacy, man. Yeah. So, and it, we talked about hunting as a team, like unselfishly uh, working pro- uh, properties together, and you know, for the benefit of wildlife. It was cool. It was. It was, I don't know, they're just, I could, like, I think the first time we ever talked to Matt and Adam, I was like, I could tell we were going to be bros, like, when I first <laughs> met you somehow. Yeah, we spent about an hour and a half in a hotel room together and with some ghost music in the background. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's been, a, we've done a couple podcasts with those guys. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, that's one of the things that, like, I really appreciate, appreciate about the podcasting world is that there's a lot of us who are just trying to do some good, man. Mm-hmm. Just just want to spread joy and, and make people happy and talk about fun things. And, and that's kind of what they're about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good guys, family men, who just want the best for everyone. Yeah, you know? yeah. And not to mention, get you hype about buying some land. <laughs> That's right, dude. I, I gotta, I gotta chill around them because they'll, they'll take some money right out my pocket and spend it in the real estate market. I know it. I know it. Yeah. So they're good, good dudes for sure. I, I like that. Uh, I like getting on the phone with them and mm-hmm. doing that. Um, I think it was '96 was a reflection of like our November in the Midwest. So many close calls this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like. For me personally, and maybe I would assume this might be true for you too, um, because of these close calls and just all the different things of the whole month, I feel like probably like learned more in the month of November this year than ever in my deer hunting life. Well, it's one of those things where if you put yourself in the position to encounter a bunch of deer, you're going to have a series of experiences that are going to mold what you think about whitetail and i think that happened to me a ton this year too i mean Mm -hmm. man how many encounters did we have and how many things did we like experiment and try with and then just crash and burn and then also like have like almost just just epic success and just like barely lose it you know know. like but i think something i learned from this november was the fact that you don't have to kill something to have a great time. Oh, yeah. It's better when you do. Don't get me wrong. But, like, dude, I had a blast this November. Me an too. Absolute blast. I wish we could have hunted more. Yeah. You know? And yep. I felt like we hunted a lot. Yeah, I know. I, I'm with you on that. Like, I watched, uh, there. I think, maybe our latest video, one of the more recent videos from this from our late rut trip in Kansas was the morning that kickers um, – Came in behind me. Mm-hmm. I know there's like no footage of him. I just remember that morning was just a beautiful morning, man. Great sun sunrise. Uh, there was an owl hooting in the tree. I had a coyote run by me. I tried to shoot, you know. And then, and then it was just frost everywhere and this big, just gnarly, heavy butt from, you know, with two kickers comes in behind me. And it was just like, it was such a great morning. Like, yeah. I look back at that, and I like, kind of yearn for that again, you know, oh, yeah. to have that experience. For sure, man. And it wasn't long after that that uh, you took a little solo trip up to Kansas. That's right. right? Yep. And that's one of our most recent episodes, I believe, 98, where we talked about uh, – we did. We told, I told the story of uh, basically shooting a deer um, that I think is 12 years old, and uh, I had – several years of history with them back to 2015 and um you know it's called alone on the plains i think is that right mm-hmm. and uh you know it was just it was like me this guy who's been hunting out you know out there for a while and 
this deer that's been living out there for a while and we meet out in the middle of nowhere you know yeah it's kind of a interesting uh dynamic a cool story and um you know kind of like i guess my the way i would kind of wrap this right here is like for you i'm glad that we're hunting buddies for these people that are listening to this episode i kind of feel like hunting buddies with them too like yeah I feel like hunting is not complete without buddies that you can tell the stories to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the story is like telling the story is fun. Yeah. Because like it's cool to experience that, but then mm-hmm. going back and like it's just fun, man. And so like thank you guys for listening and, and allowing us to tell these stories as well and, and listening to them and, and um, just being an ear, I guess. Um you know, and now that kind of brings us to episode 100. We're here. Boom. You know. Here we are. It's the opportunity <laughs> to. That's right. There you are. <laughs> no, but you're there. Um, so we're here. And this gives us the opportunity to tell yet another story, which Ooh. is the one from yesterday on public land in Texas. Man, long time coming, dude. Yeah. Um, I had... A really good hunt for late late December yesterday. I uh, no, huh? Early early January. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh wow, that was January first. <laughs> Man, dude, uh, been cooking my beans. In I here. know it, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just lost all touch with reality. I don't know what a calendar is. Um, <laughs> suddenly, I'm from the low country. <laughs> that's right. You sure are. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we actually did one of those things where we split up and hunted uh, because it's. That now's the time of year to try to be as efficient as you can, and being a cameraman is not a very efficient way to kill, kill a deer. <laughs> yeah. you know? So we split up, and you hunted one place, I hunted in a different place on Texas public land, and uh, saw a couple uh, deer. I actually missed a deer due to string jump early in the morning, and uh, <laughs> what? Dude. Your text. I was straight up laughing in my tree. <laughs> what did I say? I don't even remember it. <laughs> he said... Texted me and said, I just missed a yearling. And then the next text right after it said, I hate myself. <laughs> I, just, I like felt bad, but that text, the hate myself was, I just laughed so hard. Uh, it's just like, there are not a lot of shot, shot opportunities on Texas public land. Yep. It just doesn't happen very often. Low deer densities, you know, and not a lot of mature bucks. And this was not one of them, but it's the end of the season. I'm ready to shoot something to put some meat in some, uh, vacuum seal bags mm-hmm. so i was gonna shoot the first legal buck i saw and lo and behold 745 there's one how about that yeah he comes into my shooting lane and stops i had to grunt stop him and i he's at 26 27 somewhere right in there i hold my 30 low on the bottom of his body and shoot and shoot right over the top of his back have you reviewed the footage yet yeah i mean like on a bigger screen no not on a bigger screen Do you know what happened or are you just I missed. I missed real good. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's just. I don't know. I don't. I I know he jumped, but I don't think I hit a limb. But I might have. My arrow was sitting kind of crooked in the dirt, which is weird. But it might have just kicked up that way because it's so wet that it's uh, a semi-permeable surface these days (laughs) out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, so that deer runs off, and I'm like, okay, well, there goes my twenty twenty eighteen season. It's uh, over now. That's the one deer I had a chance to shoot at. 
and the morning goes on, and I tell myself I'm going to get down at 10.30, and about 10.15, I see a flash of a deer. I'm like, oh my gosh, how about that? <laughs> you know, you just don't expect a deer at 10.15 in January to show up. Yeah. And um, lost it, so I grunted at it. I saw a hawk, like a, a tarsal gland. And I was like, oh, I was thinking of flying, nah, flying bird, H-O-C-K. Don't people <laughs> call them hawks? Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah. So, um, I was like, that looked like a buck leg because that's all I really saw was just the leg, and it was gone in the brush. So I grunted, and it showed back up, same spot, and it was. It was a little spike who might even be, he's probably a one year old, one point five, right? Yeah, one point five. Yeah, and. Uh, He's like mills around. He's kind of like looking around. I grunt at him again. He kind of looks over and then I hear something behind me in the creek and look behind me and there's a buck splashing across the creek who's a little same age class buck that's multi-tined so he's not legal. I don't shoot him. And I look back around and the spike has now bedded down in that exact location. <laughs> I can't get a shot 60 yards away and he's just laying there. Uh, um, well, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> so <laughs> I was texting Tyler some and uh, kind of like, man, what should, what should I do about this? Um, and we had decided, uh, like, I don't know how it really worked, but like we both kind of came to the conclusion that I should probably grunt at him while he's laying down, not go down and try to stalk him because that would not be a good idea, and uh, just see what happens. And I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to grunt. I grunt, and he looks, and then he just goes back to chewing his gut. I was like, well, golly. So I figured, I'm going to make it sound like there's a, a couple deer over here over the next however long it takes, and maybe sooner or later he'll get up and meander his way over to me. Well, I probably go through about 20 minutes of grunting every four, five, six minutes and doing some doe bleeds and some high-pitched grunts and all kinds of stuff. Um just talking kind of and this deer's hearing some of it and he's acting like he's not hearing other of it but he's like flicking his ear around you know like he's hearing it and he gets up finally like oh he's gonna come over here takes five steps to me and then takes a left into the brush Mm. oh and my heart sank i was like okay well that's my last opportunity right there (laughs) and then i see him again another open spot send some grunts to him just kind of hail marrying at this point and uh he Hears him and makes a sharp cut away from me. It's like, Dad, come it. He's gone. Well, at that point, I start looking at my phone because it's like eleven fifteen. I said I'm going to get in eleven thirty. I need to look for a. <laughs> I need to look for a vehicle because I'm going to go to some car lots today because that's another big story. But uh, <laughs> I got to find another car. Um, that's what I'm looking at on my phone and I hear, what is this? I look up. And I see this buck heading right into my shooting lane. He'd made a huge loop and came back looking for those deer that he thought he heard over there. Walks out into the open. I get the camera framed up. It's a little bit wide, but he's in the frame. Draw back, grunt stop him almost exactly where I missed Scar at two years previously. Mm-hmm. And shoot, account for drop. I think I still could have accounted for a touch more. I hit him about mid-body high. That was a good shot. Dude, I thought so too. And smoke this deer, and he doesn't move another inch. <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. Like, boom, on the ground. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was like, I guess it was, did I don't you, know. Were you able to look? At, it wasn't, did it hit any spine at all? No, no, it's down in the ribs. It's, That's what it's I thought, too. midway, mid-body. Yeah. So I don't understand how this happened 
except that I hit him a touch forward, which isn't forward, but like if you're shooting a light little whitetail arrow, it would be. But I went through both shoulders. Like, you went through the the front one too. Yeah, not through like the heavy part of the bone, but it's it's in the shoulder. It's mm-hmm. not in ribs. It's in ribs, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like through the scapula. Mm-hmm. And all I can figure is that that uh, heavy arrow with the Exodus broadhead. Uh, the Exodus is you know a pretty wide, pretty big fixed blade, and it's punching. All I can figure is that there was just enough like kinetic energy, enough shock that all that transferred into him, and it just locked him up, and he was down. And he started bleeding really good, uh, laying on the ground. And but I ended up getting down and putting another arrow in him just because he was still breathing. I don't know, and I had hit lungs, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he's just tough. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. strange deal. But either way, he dropped like a rock. Easy man. track job. I know it was crazy, and then just like this arrow, like white fletching flag, is just sticking up right out of this deer. <laughs> And, I, dude, I couldn't have been happier in that oh. moment, man. Because you and I have been on this public land Texas quest for so long, and I've passed deer that would score 100 inches more than this deer probably. Maybe <laughs> 80 to 100, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, I've passed really good three-year-olds um, before, and this season I said I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm shooting a three-year-old. I never got a chance. Mm-hmm. Never saw one, uh, at least up close, or had a shot at one to, you know, consider passing. Mm-hmm. So, um this is where I was at. You know, I needed to shoot a deer to put another deer in my freezer. Mm-hmm. And this is the legal deer that presented an opportunity and uh, stoked about it. Oh, you know, it was, was so, so cool. It was just, it was awesome. And I think what made it even more awesome is the fact that, like, I used, like, some serious tactic to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, with the grunts and stuff. And, like, that was super aggressive. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. That was that was weird. I don't know if it would have worked on a five-year-old deer in the same scenario here around here, you know. But, like. Might have worked better. May, it may have. You <laughs> might have came right over there. I don't yeah. know. But it was it was just it was just cool, man. It was yeah. a cool cool moment. And uh, it also was a little bit weird because, like, he was, like, dropped right there. And we've talked about this before. So, I'm like, watching an animal die right there in front of you is a little bit different. You yeah. Because yep. it's you're, like, really faced with the fact that you're taking a life mm-hmm. at that moment. You know, when they run off and, like, oh, we'll go get in the morning. You know, like, that's a different <laughs> that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was it was cool. And it was Dude. it was fun, like, getting to make those phone calls to, like, my wife and to you. Like, hey, I shot a deer. Yeah. Pretty pumped about this. Yeah, I was sitting there fixing to get some lunch. I, I had – you kept me in the stand as long as you as could because <laughs> <laughs> I was literally um, – I think it was like 9.59, and I was like, dude, I think I'm going to start packing up at 10. And I'd been thinking this for like an hour, you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, I hadn't seen deer in a long time. And at like 9.59 or something, I texted you, and I was waiting on a response. And so like right after 10 or something, you were like, uh, just saw a flash of a deer. I was like, is this dude making stuff up? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I was like, dang it. So I started sitting there waiting. He goes, and you were like, it's a buck. It's this big spike, you know? I was like, man, should I stay here? Or what? <laughs> and so I ended up staying like another almost hour in the stand that I wanted to just because Casey had me hyped up from like oh, you miles stayed, away. <laughs> you stayed another three hours than what you wanted to. I know. <laughs> after, the first, after you saw deer and they didn't see deer for 15 minutes, you're ready to go. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So. I, uh, but when, when I, I was at, you know, about to give me some lunch and, uh, Casey 
calls me and I was like, this, at this point we've been kind of, he's been kind of filling me in a little bit. And so finally I texted him at like 11, 15. 11, you said, what's the word? said, what's the word? Uh-huh. And you were like, uh, you didn't say anything for like two minutes. And, and I, that's whatever, that's expectable or expected, whatever. And, uh, and so then I get a call and I'm like, oh, he was walking to the truck or, you know, he's getting down or whatever. So you call me and I'm like, thinking you're going to just like, be like, hey, where you at? Are you going to want to meet up or something like that? And he, he's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm just fixing to get me some food here. And uh, he goes, well, you want to come shoot some B-roll? <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Got him. And then so anyway, I, I got all my stuff together. I got the deer cart headed out there and when I got there it looked like a war zone (laughs) (laughs) arrows everywhere it was arrows everywhere they're all sticking in the ground all over the place I felt dangerous (laughs) going out there (laughs) I mean there was like there was the miss arrow sticking there and then I could see the deer just barely but I could see the arrow sticking up out of the deer and uh, and then I was like I knew you had shot uh, finished him off so i knew there was three arrows somewhere out there yeah and uh, don't come in my lane dude don't right. do it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're gonna get shot at <laughs> when he had a t-shirt says don't come in my lane <laughs> uh, yeah so it was it was, i was super pumped about it too man um and then as far as my hunt goes this is a, a little less exciting but i had been on a trip for a few days and uh, a little like christmas vacation that my parents kind of rented us a house and we went kind of Took a few days off, and so I was ready to go, and um, I still don't have meat <laughs> from this year, uh, so you have to realize that, and so I am, like, in the same boat as you, with except for a lot less meat, um, but I'm going to shoot whatever's legal, right? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I go into this place. We've hunted it before this year. It's been a, it's been a while, but um, I'll, I'll start walking in. And it's dark, you know. I got my flashlight on the ground. I start seeing boot tracks. I'm like, what? What in the world? How old are these? And I can tell that they're not like from the day before, but mm-hmm. it had like rained like a lot, you know, like the last few days. And so, and a lot this year. And so I'm just like, I don't know how old these are. I mean, it's been muddy enough that you can make a deep boot track. Therefore, it might not wash away very quick, mm-hmm. too. So I'm like, I don't know how old these are. So anyway, walk my way in, don't see a lot of tracks. I get in there pretty good and start setting up, get up into my stand, and uh, it's starting to get a little bit light. I probably could have got there five minutes early, but that's usually the case, you know. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, once you get in there, you um, you kind of, like, take as much time as you know you have. Kind of, yeah. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. If you were to move faster, you might not have been thinking you had five, you needed another five minutes. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so I, I get set up, and I'm like, this particular spot is a stand that we hung. It's like a solo stand. I don't know that two guys can fit in. It's in a little tree, and it's like five yards max off of a trail. And this is, But this is a good spot. This is a spot where it's a super awesome little funnel, and I feel good about it. <clears throat> I've had bucks come right down the trail and not see me. And so, anyway, feel good about it. I get set up, and so... I'm, I've got my tree stand kind of facing away from the trail. I'm trying to put as much like stuff that sticks out off the tree, like put the tree between it and the deer. And um, so I've got, but I've got my uh, camera arm set up on my left um, as I'm facing the trail. And I've got my bow hanging on this spot on the right on the tree. And I should have tried to find a place to put it on the left side 
at being a right-hander, but I didn't want to mess up my opportunity to, to move the camera arm around and make noise and that kind of thing, right? So I couldn't really find a great spot. But if I could have tried to make it work, I probably would have been successful as well this morning, that morning. And so I know deer coming in pretty early. We, every time we've sat there, a few times we've sat there, we've seen deer early every time. And so it's starting to get light. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a quick interview and be done. I'm like, do my interview. And I stood, by the way, I stood up all the whole morning except for like 20 minutes, mm. which was kind of brutal. But yeah. I had to be ready because you can't, it's so thick right there where they're coming from. I mean, they, they could be 15 minutes or 15 yards from you and you don't even know it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, I'm set up. And starting to get light, and birds start moving around, chirping a little bit, you know. And I hear something back up where we expect they would come from, right? And I hear some, you know what two squirrels like shimmying down a tree chasing each mm-hmm. other sounds like? Yeah. It's a lot of noise, right? Yeah. I hear that. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it's two squirrels chasing each other down an oak tree over. I look back, there's a big tree. It's like an elm or something. It's pretty sizable. It's not huge. I'm like, that's, that's right where it came from. That's what it is. It was deer chasing. Mm. <laughs> it was deer chasing, not January first, huh? January first. Oh, good. And 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 so like I I I'm I'm ready to go. I keep my eyes back there and everything, but I don't see. I hear that, and then like maybe a minute or maybe two minutes after that, I'm looking kind of back that way, and I finally catch movement. It's like 15 yards from me. It's a doe, and she's like in a hurry. And I'm like, what in the world? So I start like immediately what I do is I flip my cameras on. I got a mm-hmm. GoPro and I got my, my main camera. So I flip them on so they can get booted up so that I can hit the record button and be, be ready to rock. So I flip them on. I go to grab my bow and I kind of pull it over, um, trying to pull it over my rope, which has been real handy this year that I've had a rope attached <laughs> to a train. <laughs> like it helps me out so much. Um, and I, I kind of start to get it over the rope and I look back and she's looking at me at five yards, you mm, know, and I'm good. like, Oh my gosh. Um, but she's got a buck behind her pushing her. So, and I didn't know that at the time necessarily, I'm just freaking out cause I'm trying to get everything ready. Right. So I, I, she like starts to trot off. I had stopped or whatever, but then she starts to trot off after a second. And so when she starts trotting off, I see two more coming behind her and I'm trying to get my bow over this, my tether, you know, it's like mm-hmm. all up in the way and my arrow's sticking out towards the tree and I'm like, Ugh, you know, and I finally like get it on the other side and about that time, the other two does are there and one of them catches just the last bit of movement as I get it over and like whips her head around. I stop real quick. She's looking at me. They both are acting weird and she's looking at me for forever right there. So close. And, uh, and finally she get the other one gets nervous and starts to trot off. And this is the yearling that's looking at me. And so Right after she starts taking off, the yearling starts to take off. So I clip on real quick and try to give a little like soft grunt. They didn't stop. And so I just let them go because they were out of my shooting lane really quick. And about that time, I see another thing coming. And at this point, I'm like, this has got to be Big Daddy, right? <laughs> it's got to be a monster. <laughs> and so I've got a recording. I've had, I recorded these does as they're running off, you know. And I move it back over as I see that buck coming to my shooting lane. And clip on. And I'm ready. And he jumps a little funnel spot and then comes right to me, man. And he's at like five yards and he stops. 
And I'm like, man, is he legal or not? He's a spike with some of the tiniest spikes you've ever seen. But I'm almost 100% certain he had brow tines on both spikes, too. Really? So, (laughs) and he didn't, he didn't. You know, he didn't stay long, and he was nosing those does. But yeah. I could have easily, I could have easily grunt. I think I might have even tried to grunt stop him and and uh, just to see, get a better look at him because it was still pretty early. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they all went on. It's us really pretty bummed because two of three does like saw me. Yeah. It's so uh, I don't feel great about going back in there, and there's just not where we hunt. There's just not lots of does. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's just not a huge population of deer, and so. I'm thinking, like, these are the does using that area, and two of them saw me. There ain't no way they're coming back down this trail again. So now I'm kind of at a loss for what to do, and it's raining cats and dogs outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I really could use some. And KC said he would give me some of that meat off of the buck that he shot, but I really would like to shoot a, a whole doe and get some good back straps and that kind of thing too, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you haven't heard my story, but that's my story on – how that went yesterday. I should have killed, but instead of being normal deer on January 1st, they were rutting. <laughs> <laughs> got to love it, man. Yeah. yeah. Good so, old East Texas deer. Yeah, that's it, man. So that's how our public land shenanigans have gone. And I've been really struggling lately with like what I should do here at the end of the year. I've got like three main options I've been looking at. And I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, man, I should just take a chance and get you know it, it'll, it could turn out really good for me and then some and then like now i'm just almost feeling like with only a few days left that it's probably just going to be like you know hunt close to home as in mm-hmm. my other two options are five plus hours away and so hunt closer than that save the gas money and try to make it happen yeah so that's kind of where i'm at man i don't know yeah i don't know either man i think uh you got some options on public land to to get it done, but it's it's a gamble because you know you're not using baits. So there's no guaranteed thing, and right now you kind of need ace in the hole. You yeah, know, it's kind of tough. I know. I wish. I don't know. I wish where we where we live, we could shoot does this time of year. With I know. Bow, you know. I know, man. So that's kind of kind of frustrating, but it is what it is. We pay our biologists, right? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we we pay them. Um, so. That's kind of how things are going right now, and we are go- wrapping up our 100th episode. Thank you guys for just listening and making this possible, just even from a, an inspirational standpoint, you know, giving us inspiration to to do these things and, and uh, letting us know that these are helpful and that kind of thing. Um, you can also send us a message in 2019 and let us know, like, whom you'd like to hear from and or what subject you'd like to hear from. Um that's helpful. We we will take those into consideration and try to get uh, some guests on this thing and start lining some stuff up here in the off season, so that we can uh, continue to learn and put it all to use in 2019 season. Yep. And then we're gonna start fishing pretty soon. Ooh, too. I can't wait for that, man. Oh, me too. I'm ready to put some uh, bags of fish in the ice box. Hey, that is no lie. Mm. Some of my favorite. Food I know it. Areas. I know it. We uh, also we're going to the Archery Trade Association. Uh, uh, what's it called? The show. ATA show, yeah. yeah the, um, the uh the show here in a couple of weeks. So uh if we see anything cool, we'll be sure and let y'all know. Yeah. Um for sure. Probably some really nice like 
rangefinder laser deer shooters and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. there but no yeah. hopefully hopefully they'll be it'll be beneficial and uh we're not gonna you know spam you with just like these are the top 10 deer feeders of the 2018 season you know but, <laughs> yeah. but like yeah. if we find something cool we'll let you know for sure yeah uh don't forget there is a giveaway going on on x premium membership for the next year uh all you have to do is subscribe on youtube and you're entered to win so easy to do we've got more Kansas videos coming soon. Oh, I can't wait. I know. I'm, I've been putting them together. I'm trying to stay ahead, and I've been putting them together a little bit, and it's it's a lot of work because in some of these we've whispered quite a bit, so I'm like <laughs> having to type out everything. It's taking forever, but uh, I'll get those up soon. Hopefully, a new one will be here when this episode drops. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. And also, if you have enjoyed these first anything in these first 100 episodes give us a five-star review man we would appreciate that a lot um anything else casey that's all i know if you still have open seasons get after it because there's still a chance i didn't think there was even though i (laughs) preach that pretty often (laughs) but i made it happen the other day so you can too and one thing uh you know I, i made a social media post about this and I'm not a believer in the um, don't pass on the first day what you'd shoot on the last because seasons change, things change. There, I hunt for many more reasons than just big antlers. I love them, but it's it's a variety of things. It's the experience, it's the food, it's the camaraderie, all that stuff. And whenever you shoot something, be proud of what you shoot and just own it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, it's okay to shoot a small buck if you want to shoot a small buck. And I guess it's easy for me to say that, and I don't want it to seem like I'm justifying my own actions, but I want you to know that I'm all right with it, and mm-hmm. you can be too. It's yeah. okay to let them grow too if you want to. Yeah. You know, but um, it's a time and a place for everything. Man, you know, it's, it's legal. I mean, if it's legal, it's hunting, dude. Yeah. Do what you do, it makes you happy. That's right, I mean, man. This is something we, this is something that we get to do, luckily. And hopefully we get to for a long time, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, it's not something that we have to do. Yeah. It's not drudgery. You know, do what makes you happy. So I'm with you on that, man. And uh, um, I'm super proud of your buck, too. Because, I mean, in all actuality, like, you probably could have done that whole thing by yourself because you kind of found the place. And, you you know, you went hunting um, and everything, you know, in that stand and did everything by yourself. That's my but, first self film kill, man. I know. I'm dude. pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not I mean, to brag or anything, no, but, but like I, it was a cool achievement. You I know? feel like a part of it. Though, yeah. You know? sure. Like, I mean, even though like that particular stand location and everything is something that like you've is pretty much just KC derived. Um, just as far as like the whole experience out there and all the like this being the first deer that you've shot on Texas Public, like, it just, I, I know how many hours that we've put to put into it together. And, like, those hours that we eliminated spots are technically hours dedicated to this is, yeah, this is still the good spot, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I'll take a little credit for it, uh, too. You deserve it. You deserve <laughs> it, for sure. Anyway, uh, I think we've said it several times, but, man, thank you all so much for being listeners, and uh, God bless And remember, this is your element. Live in it. Clean and protect your firearms with Riptide Armory. 
Riptide, a veteran-founded business. It's dedicated to producing American-made cleaning chemicals and also dedicated to creating American jobs. And that commitment is embodied in every product that's bottled, labeled, and shipped from their Arvada, Colorado facility. Safe for all firearm types and surfaces. Embrace the power of American ingenuity and protect your firearms with the best. Visit RiptideArmory.com. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels it can also generate income in both the near and long term like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across america enough dreaming about it land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space 